the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith along with David Dawson. Hey Dave, good morning, happy Friday. It's Friday already. Yep, this week went by in a blink of an eye, didn't it? Maybe it not did. for you. I'm glad it's Friday. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just happy that it's yesterday was so beautiful. Yes. It was a little bit warmer. Yeah. Definitely felt like spring. My nose and eyes felt like it was spring and it's welcome. Is that a good, it's been a little cold is lately. Is that a good thing? Your nose and eyes feeling like it was spring? Because some people, it, um, it's not a good thing. No, yeah. you know, I just like the warm weather. I yeah. take it any day. So if that's what's going to come with it, then that's fine. Take it. I, so I like it that. It happens that's, every year. <laughs> that's a good idea. Well, let's begin with prayer. We're going to uh, call upon Our Lady this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. St. Polycarp, pray for us. We'll learn a lot more about him a little later on. He's one of my favorites. Well, I actually don't know much about him, so Ah, I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that I don't know much about some of these saints that I've never heard of, actually? So I wonder if our listeners are... Oh, this is a heavy hitter. No, no, this this is this is a heavy hitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this one. It's not gonna be one of those little is known about Saint. No, this one a lot is known about Saint Polycarp and his writings. So you're in for a treat, Gabby. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to that. That's coming up around uh, 17 after, but at 10 after, we have some events in our listening area. We will give you details about, and you guys, our calendar has been filling up with those fish fries, which is one of them today. Uh, This is one of the days that you can go and take a look at the plethora of fish fries found on our events calendar. Also, St. Joseph's Altars taking place next month or in March. A lot of them are March 17th, 18th, 19th. You can take a look on our calendar, but we'll give you a couple of those details uh, at 10 after when we talk events. Yeah. In 18 minutes, Gary... I was just going to say, with our culture (laughs) down here in South Louisiana, Gabby, it is so unique with St. Joseph's Altars. I just think that is awesome that it's also a strong part of our Catholic faith and how we live down here. It is. You're absolutely right. So we'll dive deeper into that right. as well, into that conversation. Uh, but real quick, Gary Zimak joins us in 18 minutes. He's a Catholic evangelist, speaker, and author. Today we are talking about his book, Give Up Worry for Lent. I opened mine today uh, to go through the readings and reflection. And it's such a small, cute, little, easy read book uh, that can guide us through our Lenten journey. So Gary is going to be giving us details about it. 
In 35 minutes, Dr. Brian Pedraza joins David in the Baton Rouge studio along with Jennifer Usher and Ainsley Munn. They are the project coordinators for the Dominos Project over at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge, also known as FranU. So we'll be diving deeper into the Domino's Project, this family catechesis program over at Fran Yu in Baton Rouge. He has a lot to say. It's a wonderful program. They received a huge grant uh, a while back on it. So, Dave, you're yeah. going to have some guests in the Baton Rouge studio with you. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to this because this this is really, uh, a lot of this is uh, the family foundation of who we are and, and spreading yeah. our faith through our kids through the domestic church, through the family. Should be great. There you go. Should be. Yes, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Also looking forward to our gospel and reflection. It is five past the hour on Wake Up. Good Friday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Racha, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. We've heard the gospel And now we reflect. The Pharisees observed the law with external exactitude, but with hard hearts because they focus on themselves. This resulted in a perverted piety that offended God because it displeased him. That is the essential evil of pride. This understanding leads to the discovery of the correct way to spell the word sin. The first and the last letters are a tiny S and a petite N, but with a very large I in the middle. And it is the I, the ego, that is the problem. During his Sermon on the Mountain, Jesus gave instruction on challenging issues that are as relevant today as they were when they were first spoken. Anger, chastity, adultery, divorce, oaths retaliation, loving one's enemies, and becoming perfect. In today's passage, Jesus continued to spotlight the working of the human heart by making the connection between murder and its root, anger. He taught that there is no room in an angry heart for God because God is love. And so it is important to recognize that the feelings of anger are not the issue. Feelings are sometimes over which the individual may have little control. Rather, Jesus' focus is on the expressions of anger. Insults are worse. And these are all acts of hatred. There is an inherent incompatibility 
with attempts to worship God when our heart is opposed to God because it is filled with anger. The gift that is pleasing to God is a surrendering heart. Anger rebels against God. Humans categorize other people as enemies, but Jesus teaches they are brothers, and we must care for them as such. The seriousness of this lesson is seen in the words, Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. Teaching Christ's way of conflict resolution is extremely important in training the formation of our children. Anger, name-calling, backbiting, judgmentalism, verbal and physical fighting, bullying, getting even, passive aggression, coldness and ridicule are all pagan methods of conflict resolution. They cripple one's relationship with God because they are embedded in pride, selfishness, and disobedience. Tragically, these negative habits of solving disagreements and hurt feelings also rip apart marriages and societies. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Father Chris Decker and Jimmy Sagers for today's Gospel and Reflection. It is 12 past the hour on Wake Up. You are tuning your heart to the truth. And we are less than two weeks away for our upcoming spring pledge drive. I just wanted to make sure I got all those words correct, David. It truly is a Friday morning. Yeah. Our spring pledge drive, three days of on-air fundraisings taking place on Tuesday, March 5th through Thursday, March 7th from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And we will reveal the pledge drive lineup next week. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. But if you head over to our Facebook page this morning after the show later on, uh, you'll kind of get a sneak peek of who will be joining us. So take a look at that if you're ever so curious. Our favorite priests, deacons, lay people are going to be joining us to help us raise money for our studios. We are 100% donor funded. So we rely on your donations during our pledge drives three times a year. Uh, to keep the lights on, essentially, right, Dave? And oh, to yeah. continue to broadcast the truth. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and it's such an honor that these folks will come in because they strongly support us at Catholic Community Media. And the, the like you said, the priests and lay folks uh, that we all know and love and work with us. Uh, and you, you, you see them on Sundays. You see them everywhere. And, but yet they support us at Catholic Community Media. That means so much to me. And, Gabby, you're absolutely right. We're always having to to pay for repairs we're having to pay pay for replacement in fact i can i could name about four things right now that are being worked on and i mean without it's too technical okay certain things need to be repaired and they are doing that as we speak and then certain items need to be replaced as well so this will be all coming up all the way right up into the pledge drive but guess what? I got to pay for that. Or we at Catholic Community Media have to pay for that. And this is so important. These times are so important for us that you donate. Uh, call in, donate, donate online. But you'll be entertained at the same time, right, Gabby? While mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're celebrating right. it, but, but we need your help. The joy of Catholic Radio and Media will definitely be broadcasted on those three days. And this is a perfect opportunity to fulfill that almsgiving during Lent. So we're looking forward to that and stay tuned for that lineup. So, but David, another thing that's coming up, those St. Joseph's altars. Oh, man. 
There's one coming up. There is. There, there's one I know that's coming up. There's plenty that are, but uh, the Sister Dulcie and the Mercedarian Centers, uh, the Most Blessed Sacrament, they're going to honor St. Joseph uh, at the Cypress Springs Mercedarian Prayer Center. That's in Baton Rouge. A lot of folks everywhere know how to get there, but that's going to be on March 17th. Oddly, that's St. Patrick's Day, but you know what? We'll do both. And <laughs> the altar is beautiful, and the food is incredible. We had talked about it yesterday. Yeah, by all means, uh, take some pictures with your phone and uh, uh, visit and rate the, the food is great the altar is beautiful and the altar is going to be dedicated to the sick and the dying so uh, this is just one yes. of the altars but boy you don't want to miss it no you don't there's another one happening at Brother Martin High School in New Orleans you can check that out open uh, in March 18th and 19th but stay with us it is 15 past the hour on Wake Up This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 23rd. Today we celebrate St. Polycarp. The large number of martyrs in the early church remind us of the price so many followers of Jesus paid. Today's saint is yet another example. Polycarp was a bishop in Smyrna, modern-day Turkey, and a revered Christian leader throughout Asia Minor. He was a friend of many important early churchmen, including John the Evangelist and Ignatius of Antioch. Polycarp defended the faith against numerous heresies and was chosen to discuss with the Pope the date of the Easter celebration in Rome, a controversial topic in the early church. The times for Polycarp and his fellow Christians were difficult. Living among pagans and under a government opposed to Christianity, he was especially at risk. At the age of 86, Polycarp was set upon by a crowd intent on doing away with older Christians. After refusing to deny Christ, Polycarp was brought to a stadium to be burned alive. When the flames did not harm him, he was finally killed by a dagger. The year was 156. Members of his flock collected his body and recorded the events surrounding his death. That account of Polycarp's death is the earliest and most reliable report of a Christian martyr's death. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson. And our first guest today is Gary Zimak. He's a Catholic speaker, author, and evangelist. And he's on tour right now talking about Give Up Worry for Lent 2024. Gary, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on Wake Up. Uh, Gabby, it's my pleasure. Great to hear your voice again. Great to hear yours. You're on tour. You sound like you're kind of a, like a singer-celebrity, and you're on tour, and we can't wait to see you. And Tell us how it's going. <laughs> oh, man, it, it's really great. Thank you. Actually, you know, it's funny. I'm home right now for a couple of days. I just got back from Oregon, Ohio. Never heard of it before. It's right on Lake Erie next mm. to... Um, next to Toledo. And it's, it was a great three days. We did a three-day give up worry for Lent Parish Mission. We got somewhere between two and 300 people each night, which mm. was, I mean, really phenomenal how people are responding oh. to this. And uh, tomorrow I head to Austin, Texas, and then on to Wyoming, and then a couple of stops in, in Illinois. But basically for five weeks during Lent, I'm, wow. I'm gone most of the time. And it, it, it is such a blessing. You know, my family's great. They support this. They're all in with this mission, 
And, um, you know, people are worried out there, Gabby, and it, it seems mm-hmm. like every year this Give Up Worry for Lent book has been out since 2019. It's been out for five years now. Mm-hmm. I've been doing the parish mission since then. Every year it seems like more and more people come out. And, uh, you know, just just to summarize, I, I had a woman that came up to me on this last uh, at the end of this last mission, and she said, I just want you to know something. I always had a relationship with God, and I, and I talk to the Holy Spirit sometimes, but she said, I never really knew Jesus. And she said, you helped me to get to know Jesus, so thank you. And you know, when you hear stuff like that, you think, wow, God's using me to do this? So I'm so honored, and it's just such a blessing to be able to do what I do. It is absolutely bearing good fruit. And I thank you, David, and the gang for letting me come on each month. You've been doing this for years to just to share what I, how Christ has saved my life and really brought me such peace. So I, I thank you guys for having me on so many times. Well, we're happy to do it, Gary, because uh, we need it too. You know, we need to start. Yeah. We need to stop worrying. So you're kind of our therapist. So that's uh, <laughs> thank you. you're our, you're our monthly we meeting. Come on more yeah, often. That's then. right. Yeah, we might have to have you more. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. And you know what? It, it helps I, I me love too it. because when I come in, when I come in and on and talk about these things and. Even in my missions, the Lord's speaking to me as I'm up there preaching, so Hmm. he's helping me as well. There you go. Well, like you said, Gary, we have a lot of things to worry about. Someone posted yesterday how it is less than 100 days until the beginning of the official hurricane season. I'm like, well, (laughs) I wasn't keeping track of that, but here we are. You know, there's always something, whether it's that or finances or we're going through a family tragedy. Gary, how can your book kind of guide us through Lent? Because the devil works overtime during these 40 days. Yeah, and he wants us to worry. The devil absolutely wants to get in our head and say, you should worry. What are you talking about? Trusting in Jesus? He's not going to help you. He's not going to help pay your bills. He's not going to help your medical issues. Well, that's a lie, because the devil is a liar. We have to tune him out. And really, Gabby, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Receive him in the Eucharist as often as we can. You know, go to confession as as frequently as possible, because a lot of times what we're worried about are past sins, or, you know, or maybe just... um, things that we don't have control over anymore, things we messed up in the past, well, go to confession, get it off your chest, get that grace, and, um, and, and really continue to walk with the Lord. That's what I do, it, and I always tell everybody, this is a process. You know? I mean, it takes mm-hmm. time for some of your fear to go away, but the longer you walk with Jesus, the more confidence you'll begin to have in Him. And that's, that's what I've seen. I've seen it play out in my life. Do I still panic with certain situations? You bet, because I'm anxious by nature. That's, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. But the panic, between the panic and the prayer, it's much less time than it used to be. Now it's almost instant. I realize, uh-oh, starting to panic. Lord, save me. The words mm. of Peter as he was sinking on the water. So, you know, it is a process. It takes time, but it gets better. I, I promise anybody listening, you can break free from worry with the help of the Lord and we have to remember, Jesus did tell us, do not worry. He wouldn't say it if it mm-hmm. wasn't possible. So, you know, that's good yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah, and, yeah. And, well, and it's good to, to try and remember that, especially if we're in panic mode, we forget that. Yep. Uh, but the one yeah. thing I love about your book, Gary, I opened my copy up this morning, 
it does not take long to go through your daily reflections. It is made right. for the busy person, the one who's yep. always on the move um, and has a routine, um, but wants to make time for God and prayer. And that's what I love about it. And that was done by, that was intentional, Gabby. I wanted to make it easy to read. And I also, you know, I'm doing these daily email reflections that people can sign up for at followingthetruth.com, free of charge. And they're very simple, too. And right now, I'm just sort of supplementing the material and give up worry for Lent each day. But, but I, I believe in keeping it simple, little scripture, little reflection, and of course, a prayer, because that's important. You know, I tell yeah. people this book and this whole give up worry for Lent program it's not a self-help program or a self-help book. It's a Jesus help book. Mm. We got to make sure we're talking to him through this process. Well, and I like hearing about that woman's testimony. Since you're traveling so much and you've been doing this for such a long time, anything that sticks out to you, any story from one of these uh, parish speaking engagements during Lent that have stuck out to you that are very inspiring? You know what one I hear over and over, and this really just encourages me when I hear this, because I always speak at all the Masses for a few minutes prior to the parish mission starting, Um, and I hear this frequently, and I heard it a couple times this past parish mission. People come up and say, you know, I don't normally go to parish missions. I don't do things like this. But when I heard you offer a way for me to stop worrying, I decided to come. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm so blessed to be able to do that. Because I want to reach everyone. I want to reach the people who don't know Jesus, who don't even think it's possible to have a relationship with him, the people who don't normally come to parish missions. This is a different kind of message. I mean, really, I'm, I'm bringing them to Jesus, but I'm doing it in a way that attracts people that oftentimes wouldn't go to things like this. They, don't, they wouldn't be bothered. So when I hear that, that really makes me feel good, knowing that I'm helping somebody to get to know the Lord who maybe wouldn't have turned to him. And what happens? What do they get in return? They get peace, and they, they're on their way to eternal life in heaven. I mean, this is a, it's a pretty cool deal. It is. Okay, so when someone says, giving up worry for Lent, well, you can't give up worry. You know, you're always going <laughs> right. to worry by nature. What do you say to that? I say worrying is a choice. Fear you can't control. You can't control your emotions, such as fear, but you can control how you respond to that. So even if you're scared to death, that's okay. The church says that's not wrong. It's okay to, to feel emotions. But you can take that fear and choose to turn to Jesus. That's what the apostles did in the boat when they were panicked and they couldn't handle the storm. These experienced fishermen realized, hey, we can't do anything to help ourselves. Let's wake up the preacher, right? Let's wake up Jesus. And what did he do? And the same with Peter when he began to sink when he was walking on the water he realized that he couldn't do it on his own, and he turned to Jesus. Did Peter panic? You bet, but that's okay. If that panic leads you to prayer, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And again, it takes time, but over time, this becomes a habit, and instead of your panic turning to worry, it turns into prayer. Every opportunity to panic, to feel fear, that's an opportunity to grow closer to the Lord in prayer. I love it. Okay, so I'm assuming you are booked up for the rest of Lent, but we can look toward next Lent for parishes who want to book you. So how do they go about doing that, Gary? Yeah, and also, Gabby, throughout the year, I have openings for the remainder of the year. I speak all year long, not just during Lent, but Lent's the key season. The best place to go is my website, followingthetruth.com, and I'm already getting inquiries about next year, so praise God for that. Wow. 
I bet you are. Wonderful. And yeah, and mm-hmm. where can people go to give up worry for Lent and pick up their own copy? I would say go right to the website too, followingthetruth.com, and to sign up for the free daily email reflections. So it's it's all there, there at followingthetruth.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Gary Zimek, Catholic evangelizer, evangelist, author, and speaker. He has many titles. Definitely check him out, followingthetruth.com. Gary, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Gabby, and uh, have a great Lent, and look forward to talking to you again soon. You too. The Zimak family is in my top five favorite families of all time. They are wonderful. <laughs> and family. I highly recommend checking out Gary's website and yeah. definitely picking up your copy. It's such a practical book, uh, mm-hmm. reflections. Um, like I said, it won't take up too much of your time. But if you're busy and you want to make time for prayer, this is the perfect companion during Lent. And the the readings and the reflections are so practical. They are easy to understand. Um, he includes scripture in there, time for prayer, time for reflection. It's really, it's really a wonderful companion, like I said, for those 40 days. So yeah, what I got from it, Gabby, is it doesn't sound like it is a quick fix. It sounds like if it's just a, a, a turning around or a different way of thinking, which is what Lent's all about, right? Having something Mm -hmm. gradually sink in, having something becoming a part of you. And could you imagine by the time Easter rolls around, you are a much more peaceful person. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Dave, we got cut off with the break uh, yeah. during the last segment, but we were talking about St. Joseph Altars. Oh, yeah. And yesterday, Brother Martin High School in New Orleans sent us their event to post on our website at ccmedia.live. They have an upcoming St. Joseph Altar on Monday, March 18th, and Tuesday, March 19th, that oh, is open to the public. Boy. That's over in New Orleans in Elysian Fields. Definitely check them out right now at our website at ccmedia.live. You can also submit your event absolutely free to our website. We We'll post it on our calendar and talk about it on our morning show. Again, ccmedia.live. Stay with us. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. the hour you are tuning your heart to the truth i'm david dawson along with gabby smith right now in our studios i have three guests in the studio so it's a party going on here i'm with dr uh, brian pedraza he's a theologian at uh, franciscan missionaries of our lady uh, friend you we call it friend you in baton rouge if you've been listening enough we we talk to friend you folks a lot and brian is a returning guest it's good to have you back doctor oh blessed to be with you happy to have you here and then we have jennifer usher is with with us and Ansley Munn, and y'all are project coordinators for the Dominus Project. Yes. The Dominus. This is what we're going to talk about. This is something brand new mm-hmm. and hot off the presses. I, yes. Hot off the presses. It's That's just right. getting started. I, I know you guys got a big grant for it. What is it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Dominus Project, it really takes its name. Maybe I'll start there, right? Okay. So uh, in Latin, Domus is the word for home. Okay. And Dominus in ancient Rome was the name of the you would give to the master of the home. And so early Christians, when they were thinking of what do we call the Lord, 
they use the word dominus because he is the master of all of creation. Okay. So, like in the Vulgate version of the Bible, you're going to see dominus uh, mm-hmm. in place of Lord. So, we wanted to name the project that we're doing the dominus project because this is really an endeavor of the university where we want Jesus to truly be the Lord of the home. Mm-hmm. And so, we're working in our community in the Diocese of Baton Rouge to really help families uh have Jesus let his lordship actually reign over the home. Because as you and I have talked before about, David, there's a sort of cultural script that I think has been imbibed in the church for, oh, it's been a good number of decades now. I mean, at least as early as the 20th, the beginning of the 20th century, the church has been saying over and over again, the family the home, the parents, mm-hmm. they're the ones who are the first evangelizers, the first heralds of the faith, the main and primary formators of their children. Mm-hmm. But for all sorts of cultural reasons, there's a tendency to sort of outsource that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it. I was a high school teacher mm-hmm. at a Catholic school um, when I was fresh off of my master's degree from Steubenville, and we had open house that parents would, you would run the parents through the the students' schedule really quickly. Yes. And they'd come to my religion class, and I would spend my seven minutes that I had them telling them, like, I am backing you up. Like, (laughs) they're saying backing what up, right? (laughs) Whenever I finished and the bell rang, a number of parents would always come up to me and say, but that's why I send them to you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we, we want to change uh, the cultural script and say, well, actually, the first and primary role, it belongs to you. And we say that not in any sort of condemnation. Um, we say that because I think the church's teaching and what the Lord is giving us through the church's teaching, it actually speaks to the heart of every parent. Because every parent, it's like when you, I don't know if you remember when you, your first child you recognize you had your first child. I remember mm-hmm. seeing my oldest, Joseph, uh, a little bean on the ultrasound, mm-hmm. you know? But mm-hmm. the second I saw him, love got pulled out of me that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. yeah, you know, And that's the thing that we most want for our children. We want them to be happy, which in the Christian life means we want them to be holy. Right. Like we want them right. to be united to Christ. And so um, I think this teaching of the church that's been around for a long time now, and it goes even well beyond, you know, way before the 20th century, it really answers a desire of the human heart that parents have that they want their kids to be holy. But it, it's going to start not in the pews. It's not going to start at the Catholic school. Right. It's going to start at the dinner table. Which is the hardest part. Yeah. Because right now, um, everybody is spread very thin. And, and everybody's intentions are great. They want they want their kids to have the best education, right? So mom and dad both have jobs. They are stretched to the max, right? right? And then they want their kids to be involved. And in doing so, they are pulling the kids and pulling them, you know, take them to all these locations and things where they need to be. And then that is stretched even thinner. That's right. Do they even have the ability to come around the dinner table and even speak. Sometimes they don't even do that. This is a heck of a task you're talking about here. It is. To suddenly, can you turn that around? Is that your goal? <laughs> you know, we to, to can't say, turn yeah. that around, <laughs> right, but the right. Lord but can the turn can. that around. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I think that's the biggest thing to um, tell parents that it doesn't have to be um, 
it's not a book you take off of the shelf. It's life lived yeah. in faith. And so being able to have those conversations, whether you're around the dinner table or on the way home from carpool or yeah. wherever you are, I mean, our faith um, is weaved into every aspect of our lives. And it so is. it's being able to say, um, just to have those conversations whenever the opportunity presents itself. Right, right. I mean, I, ideally, if we could weave our faith, like I'm starting to see this in the Catholic schools, that it is now being integrated in all of the t- subjects mm-hmm. that are taken. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was younger, it was just mm-hmm. the, the times. We had right. religion class. That's right. Everything else was just school. That's right. 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 And so is it starting to happen? I'm starting to see that everywhere. I'm especially seeing it at Fran U. I I just think it's amazing how integrated it is with all of the all of the topics that are taught at at uh, at Fran U. Amen. You know, I, I, I think that's wonderful too. But I'm starting to see that at the schools. Is this a trend too? Yeah. So I I guess I would put it like this. Jennifer just mentioned this is not about taking a book off the shelf. So Last month, I was speaking to St. John the Evangelist in Prairieville, mm-hmm. and I was speaking to all the PSR parents. It's a massive parish. They probably have close to 1,000 kids going it's through one PSR. one of the biggest in the diocese, yeah. yeah. And so I had three sessions with the parents. There must have been at least 50 parents each session. So I'm speaking to over 100 and 150 parents. And I'm bringing up the fact that not only does the church teach this about families and parents, but all of the sociological evidence points to this, that if you want a child who cares about their faith to become an adult who cares about their faith, the only significant influence isn't the youth minister, it isn't the school, it's the parents. All the sociological evidence points to this. So I'm bringing this up, and this dad has a heart for his son, loves his son, Mm -hmm. and he brings up the same issue that you just brought up, David. Mm -hmm. He said, like, how do I do this? Like... My son's got baseball right mm-hmm. after school. Like, we're running around every week trying to bring him from game to game and practice to practice and place to place. Like, I hear what you're saying, but how am I supposed to do this? Mm-hmm. And I realized as he was speaking that his vision of what it means to form somebody in the faith is a vision of a classroom. Yeah. So he, yeah. Was, he was imagining, like, I was saying, hey, why don't you take the religion textbook and sit down with your kid at the dinner table and be yes. like, now I'm going to be the teacher of your PSR. Right. And so I was saying like, oh, that's not what I'm trying to get at here. Right. So I'm right. so glad you asked the question. But really, I mean, from the beginning, Christianity was called the way, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't called the textbook. You know, it wasn't called the things you've got to memorize for this test. It was called the way. And so I was trying to communicate to him like, there's no parent who says like, how do I make my kid an LSU fan? Is there a textbook? Can you can you give me the book? Right. <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. Instead, they say, "I'm going to buy you the jersey. Yeah. We're going to get really excited. I'm going to take you to the tailgate. I'm going to show you all the things that we do. We're going to the game. This is the chant. This is yeah. how we like. You're there. You're living in it what you're excited with about. them. Yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. and you're you're mentoring them into how to enter into this way of life in this community. Ah. And that's the sort of thing that we're talking about with the faith, yeah. right? So okay. don't don't bring the textbook home. I mean, if you want to bring it for your own reading, you know, great, fantastic. It couldn't hurt. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But the but the way of life, what does it mean to be a Christian? I mean, what what I want that dad to be able to say to his son is son, if your coach is saying that we got practice and game on Sunday, 
-hmm. I want you to be able to go to your coach and say like, hey coach, I love this team. I'm totally dedicated to it, but I have to go to mass today. Well, this is, yeah, yeah. Like that's the kid mm -hmm. that you want. That's probably and the dad, kid the coaches want to. And dad can do it. That's mm -hmm. a good point. Dad that's can a good do point. it. Well, I, I tell you what then, I got a lot more questions, especially, you know, with all y'all here, the nuts and bolts, how this is going to be implemented. Right? Perfect. Great. Okay. All right. It is 44 past the hour on Wake Up. You're tuning your heart to the truth. We'll be right back. past the hour you are tuning your heart to the truth i'm david dawson along with gabby smith she really is there hey gabby hey i am here i'm just listening <laughs> i know this this is so fascinating and i've got a lot of guests in the studio if you're just joining us i got dr brian pedraza theologian at fran U or our lady Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge. Fran, you is a whole lot easier to say. I've got Jennifer Usher and I got Ansley Munn. We're talking about the Dominus Project and you the, the philosophy of it or, or the, the 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 root meaning of it is just so beautiful. Just saying it, it does begin with the domestic church at home. Amen. We were talking about and I love the example about hey, it, you you can you can spread your passion about becoming an LSU fan. That is so easily to do. Hey, can we do it with the Catholic faith? Mm -hmm. This is what now I'm saying. How does that begin, and how does that begin with the with the parents, Ansley? Wh what do you do? I think it's important to have a personal living relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I think as Christians, it's easy to talk about the people we love, mm -hmm. and if we don't love Jesus, and that's not apparent to our children, it's going to be hard to show them what that relationship looks like. Yeah. Because a relationship requires communication, which right. is prayer. So I think the more we can pray with our children and be vulnerable with them, the more that they'll see what a true relationship with Jesus looks like, not just talked about, but lived out mm -hmm. in the home. Okay. So if this is something the, the, the parents desire, well, the first thing that they will have to do is... I guess begin a prayer life. Right? Exactly. Uh, you can't okay. give what you don't have. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Having a relationship, going to mass, knowing Jesus personally is the first step. I okay. think, and oh, parents yeah. handing on um, yeah. the love of Christ to their kids. So, with the Dominus Project, how is that implemented? How do y'all help people? I mean, do people come to a class? Do you go to that? How, how does this work? Yeah. So, um, there's it's going to work in multiple ways, David. Okay. Um, the thing that I want to caution us about when we sort of enter into the practicals mm -hmm. is because the culture in the church and the way we think about it tends to lean really heavily on programs and books yes, and yes. videos. Right. That if we if we lay out like, well, we're going to do this thing, this thing, this thing, they'll be like, oh, great. Now give me the program and I'll be done with it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So That's a good point. But as Bishop Cousins says when he's um, talking about evangelizing, he says, we don't need programs. We need holy fire. You know, mm -hmm. That's what Bishop Cousins says that we need for the church. And so, and I totally agree with him. So we're, we're really based on three foundational pillars. Pillar number one is the culture won't change without people deeply, deeply praying for this. So 
We're garnering intercessors. Um, we've been handing out prayer cards at the men's conference. We were handing yes. them out, getting prayers, people to pray for us. We've written uh, religious orders. We've written uh, all sorts of communities in this area to pray for us, what we're doing. So prayer is absolutely, number one, the foundation, because that's what's really going to till the soil here. And then number two is only disciples make disciples. Mm-hmm. So. Asking a parent to sort of bring their children along to, to, to turn their children into disciples, we know we have to disciple the parents as well. Right. So we're going to do a lot of efforts aiming at that. And then step three is resources. Yes. Now, what resources can we provide? So practically speaking, what does that mean? At the university, uh, when it comes to forming disciples, I'm going to be teaching a class in the fall on the theology and mission of marriage and the family, where mm. since I'm teaching our theology majors, I'm teaching our, de- our deacon candidates, our lay ministry people, I want to form them in this vision so that when they go out to work for the chancery, they go out to work for the Catholic school, they go out to work for the parish, that they have this vision in their minds that this is really what religious education needs to look like now. It has to begin at home. We're going to be putting on workshops and um, lectures at the university. We're super pumped. I don't know if you've ever seen the Lego Catechism that was created, but my kids love it. Yes, I have. Old Testament, New Testament typology to the sacraments. My boys have learned so much about the sacraments. We're actually bringing the creators out. To oh, talk wow. of, yeah. to talk to families, parents, and hey, children. Gabby, you know about this, right? Yeah. You the, the that Lego book Catechism? has been the spine has been like worn down. That's right. That's how much my son is obsessed with that book. That's right. That's wow. right. So we're, we're bringing the creators out, and we're going to have a fun activity for kids to build Legos with the creators and hear the story about behind it and how they created it. Love so that'll it. be a fun way to try to get. You know, an easy way that yes, you could do yes. something in the home. And then we're also working with parishes. So I spoke at the priest convocation um, a few months ago. Bishop Duca asked me to come and speak. Mm-hmm. And nearly all the priests in the diocese showed up for it. I, and, they I were, and they were fired up. Yeah. They were really fired up. And a lot of priests were lining up saying, how can you help my parish? How can you help my parish? So we're starting with three right now and some in the queue, so to speak, mm-hmm. and it will be growing. But each parish has a unique community. Mm-hmm. You know, so we sit down with the, with the priest and his staff, and we pray together, and we discern what's the best way to make this cultural shift at this parish. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, for the three parishes we're working with right now, it looks different each time. Each, each parish yeah, has its own that's flavor. Because right. there's, there's, no, there's no magic bullet that solves oh, this thing. Oh, right? okay. So it really has to fit the life of the parish and what would be best for them. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. That does make sense that you, you, you're not coming in with a template, and right. if you don't follow the template, it won't work. And you know. Yeah. So that that is that is fantastic. So, okay, now I'm starting to begin to understand what you're saying. One of the most valuable things I think that you did say is it does begin with prayer. So you're asking for prayer, that's right? right. And it's and and intercessory prayer. And of course, I'm I'm sure you do too. The few things that I have been involved with, I mean, other other things that I have been involved with, I found the ones that were most successful is when they first began. That's all we did. That's all we did. That's right. One was for a solid six months. That's all we did was pray. And mm. even to where we're like, well, let's get this thing started. Well, we're going to pray. And and the, this 
it, it was the most successful, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, in that sense of the prayer part. Is well, so I tell you, David, I hired the right people because these women sitting next to me are disciples of Jesus, prayerful women, have their own families that they're trying to inculcate the faith in. Yes, yes. And we've made it a priority Every week we do a holy hour for this. Every week we go to Mass together to do this, to, to offer up the Dominus Project to the Lord to see what it is that He wants to do through us. So This is great. Yeah, it's well, the Foundation's prayer. We're behind you. This is a beautiful project. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. quite a cultural turnaround, but uh, God bless the Dominus Project, and uh, you have our prayers as well. Uh, folks can learn more about it by going to? The best place right now as we're building our website is to email us at the Dominus Project at franu.edu. So that's the D-O-M-I-N-U-S project at franu.edu. Fantastic. Guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I really thank appreciate you. it. God bless you for the work you're doing and uh, mm-hmm. hope much success to you. Thank so, you. Gabby? Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. How about that? So I tell you what, let's do this. Let's go ahead and close with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. God of all creation, who are pleased to give the bishop, St. Polycarp, a place in the company of the martyrs, grant through his intercession that sharing with him in the chalice of Christ, we may rise through the Holy Spirit to eternal life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. amen. St. Polycarp, amen. Pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have some wonderful events in our listening area we will give you details about. Eileen Arbison joins us. She is the Executive Director of the Cynical on the Lake Archdiocese of New Orleans Retreat Center. They have a number of wonderful events taking place during Lent. We'll give you details. Alan Migliorato joins us to talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And we're not done with Fran U because Dr. David Whitten will be in our studio on Monday with a theology lesson. He's a theologian over in Baton Rouge. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Media.